still not recording is the problem. No. The problem was this still not recording. We had all this good angry preamble, and now it's gone. And now I assume Tim's going to clam up, because that's what he does. And Paul's <laughs> just going to look nervously at me. I know. Big wide eyes. I'm drinking. I'm clam up. Did you guys see my name for this week on the on Zencaster? Because oh, <laughs> every Jesus time, Christ. yeah. All right. Well, that's we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah we will. That's yeah, a thing that happened, and I. That's one of the things I'm not sure how I feel about yet. Yeah, I don't know why that was even in there, but that's okay. That's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we like start the episode. Sorry, I like wasn't ready to start. I was doing something else. I'm all over the place because <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about recording plans for next week and shit. But like, we can totally skip all that. Let's yeah. just start the episode. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. Wow. Let's not do that. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode 167. I'm Mark, joined by my brother Paul in Korea. Hello. And Tim in Atlanta. Hi, all. So how's it going, guys? Good. Good. It's been busy, but finally have sort of a weekend breather. There you go. Yeah. And then you get to fly up here. Yeah, well, that's I got a fucking trip to Chicago before that. Oof. Yep. I get back Wednesday, and then yeah, Friday I don't get into like eleven something Friday night in uh, in in Hamilton, well in Toronto, and then got to drive to Hamilton for Christie's wedding. Yes, Christie's wedding oh, is oh my next Christy weekend. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. So well, you'll you'll hear from us about that next week. I'm sure. Or next week might be the week after. We'll see. Yeah, we're gonna have to yeah. talk about recording scheduling now because that was that's what I wanted to bring up before I started recording. But here we are. Recording. Yeah. And and we'll do it after the episode. It's totally fine. I want to do housekeeping right up top, though. We are going to start doing horror movie stuff in the next little while. So we have Scream lined up as the first one. So people should go find a way to watch Scream because we're going to do that. After the yeah. Where is Scream? I'm sure Scream's got to be on. Uh, I think I think the Scream movies are on Netflix, at least in the U.S. It's, so. I, it's hard to say, like because yeah, because we're all in different geographic yes. regions. Yeah. Scream is yeah. Scream is on is streaming. Or on Netflix in the U.S. at least. So, okay, man, cool. it's been so fucking long since I've watched Scream. This is going to trigger me going back and watching all of those movies, including I don't think I've seen Scream Four yet, and it's got Emma Roberts in it and Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, you don't have to watch all four no, of but, them, but because like, we definitely want to. Focus, yeah, it'll but, probably just trigger yeah. me doing that because that's what I usually do. Like, I'll, if I start watching the Saw movies, I'll just watch all of them. If I start watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I'll just watch all of them. That kind of thing. Yeah, and I'll just like put them on while I'm working, kind of thing. I have that problem yeah. with Star Trek movies. I'll like start watching Rathacon. Next thing you know, I'm in like Star Trek Six. I'm like, why the fuck did that happen? Where did my? That's day? what I'm doing with the rest of the development right now. Like, I've got all this other shit I know I need to watch, but I'm just like, no, I'm fucking like halfway through season yeah. three of rest of development and that one especially is like so serialized from episode to episode that I just want to keep going. Yeah, I feel that. Let's break into the news then. So we can at least start this episode properly. Now that we're all over the place, just yeah. floundering. Just <laughs> floundering all over the place. Yeah. All right. So not a ton of news. New York Comic Con is happening this weekend. So I'm sure we'll have a bunch of stuff to report on yeah. next week. But there is some Star Trek stuff. There was a trailer. It's all trailers this week, boys. So hopefully you guys caught up on your nope. trailer watching. Because if you didn't, well, then we're <laughs> fucked. So that we're making Tim to react, basically, now. That's all this is. It's just trailers. First of all, there was a, a Picard trailer, which actually showed us Picard interacting with Data. In TOS or TNG, you don't want to say TOS uniforms that really <laughs> fuck everybody up. But in Next Generation season three forward uniforms, Data looks creepy. I thought, like, I don't know. You got to watch the trailer. Paul can't watch it because geo blocked in fucking Korea. Like, we're just having a geo blocky kind of week. <laughs> it's just shitty. I can't watch the Discovery trailer because I haven't been able to find it not geo blocked well, for Canada yet. Watch. So I, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, you can probably watch that one. Um, but the Picard trailer was cool, and we get to see Marina Sirtis and, and Riker's kid. Yeah. 
Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan yeah, and Jonathan Frakes in the uh, at the end of it there, which just got me a little misty. Just seeing number one again, I was like, oh boy, Commander. Rick you can see back. my number one any that. day, Mark. Uh, well, <laughs> I know, but it's not. It is probably my number one. That is true. It is. It there you go. Starting early. Anyway, so yeah, we got like a ton of trailers. So did you guys get a Birds of Prey trailer on yeah. um, your? screening of this I did. joker and I'd, I'd actually i watched yes. it uh, on my phone and i was like okay that looks fine and then when i saw it in the theater like it it hit me a lot harder like i actually got chills at one point i think it's just because the music is really well suited to it so yeah i got there was definitely a point towards the end of the seeing it in the theater ahead of our meet of the episode that uh got a little tingly nice yeah Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn doing Marilyn Monroe was just like, oh, I like this. This is like, you're catering to me here. But like, I'm excited for this. Um, Mark and I were joking that like, I how dare I call it a Birds of Prey movie when it's clearly a Harley Quinn movie. And I'm like, as a huge Birds of Prey fan, I have to say that, okay, fair. We are entering the like, the quintessence of the DC universe because the Gotham City Sirens is going to come out after this one, I guess. But like, I'm I'm for it. This just feels like that's all they wanted to do was Gotham City Sirens. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like Birds of Prey to me. It just feels like wow, we couldn't take Catwoman and Poison Ivy because they probably have plans for that on the re- in the real movie, the real Batman movie. Like this yeah. is just another Batman movie, right? That's yeah. happening because they have this Harley Quinn character that they really like, and obviously, I mean, I like her too. She's great, but it's like, yeah, like I don't know, it just. It felt yeah. too much like a Harley Quinn movie. I was like, why are we? Why is it just not Harley Quinn? Like, why even lump Birds of Prey into it? Like, take some of the villain ladies that could use more elevation yeah. Yeah, in esteem and yeah, do that with them. And then over here, then do a Birds of Prey movie, I guess. But like, and have Harley Quinn be in that Birds of Prey movie, but don't just like spotlight on only Margot Robbie. And again, think she's great at it. But like, <laughs> if this movie is as bad as Suicide Squad, I. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm I'm pumped for it, and like you know, I'd like seeing getting to see Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis as Black Mask. I hope that they actually do put him in a Ooh, mask Black at Mask, some point because yeah. they don't in the trailer. But maybe that's something they're just holding on to for the movie, or maybe. Why would you waste that face in the trailer? He's still so goddamn is, handsome, yeah. even though he's. And I like, got two Ewan yeah. McGregor trailers attached yeah, no. to mine because I got a Doctor yeah. Sleep trailer too. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, that that's I think that's on everything now because it's October. Mm-hmm. I think that movie yeah. is uh, in hype train mode. Yeah, yeah, and I think it must be coming out in the next couple of weeks too. So I'm excited yeah. for it. I want to yeah. see that one too. I know we've talked about it before. The other trailer that I was going to bring up was Kingsman. I know it's not something we've actually like we've never reviewed one of the movies, but it is no, a movie we should we watch. Yeah. We should do those at some point. But the trailer for the the World War One Kingsman prequel uh, was out last week, and it was fucking batshit insane. Like I thought it was my favorite out of all these, aside from star trek because i was gonna cry <laughs> like kingsman was the one where i was like oh man that looks like a fucking fun movie i want to watch that give me that movie. that one so, i did not watch no you didn't see that one no i mean i will go see that movie because uh, i've liked the yeah. kingsman movie so far but i did not go i did not see that uh, trailer pop up this week oh well there it is so like yeah there was a bunch of trailers and not all of us watched them and those are my thoughts on those trailers, yeah. i guess i'll watch the discovery one i guess at some point but like fucking geoblocking like, just put it out for everybody. I don't understand. Well, I got the Kingsman trailer because Korea loves the Kingsman. I think I've mentioned this before, but the like, uh, just yeah, a yeah. big thing here. And, you know, that cast. Can't go wrong with that cast. No, that cast is great. Fine. Stanley Tooch. Gotta love some Tooch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that Stanley Tucci where you can get yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, just take it where you yeah. can get it. So, yeah. No, I'm excited for that. And one, so. Marvel Connection, we have Aaron Taylor Johnson in it, who is Quicksilver. 
right? For like exactly, right? Yes, that's right. True. There you go. That's awesome. Um, I had two another two quick little notes. There was a story this week about Ruby Rose, uh, who is going to be TV's Batwoman, having a severe injury on set and having to have spinal yeah. surgery. So and and then she posted fucking video of that spinal surgery. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, because <laughs> she just wanted to show people like what happened and yeah, she, yeah she's a crazy. She herniated a couple of discs, I guess, doing a stunt. And then apparently, I saw uh, a pain. I yeah, uh, separately, she also apparently had a pretty bad reaction to her cowl. Oh, really? yeah, I saw a separate story on that as well, like an allergic reaction. So, Jesus, she's really fucking suffering for that show. Yeah, I <laughs> hope when I hope it. it's good. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I hope it's worth it because that. I mean, we'll get two good seasons out of it. If if we go by the CW formula, we're gonna get two years where we're like, man, this show's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then it's gonna turn into a bunch of relationship bullshit, and I'm gonna be like, well, I, yeah, we had a good run. You know, basically kind of what all the CW shows turn into now. So I think I saw, I started to see uh, reviews for it. And I think I saw the Mary Sue got like an early preview of it and basically said like, yeah, it's gay and it's awesome kind of yeah. thing. So oh. like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I, that's pretty, like, that's what we wanted, yeah. right? Like it's a Batwoman book. So like just do Batwoman properly, which. Yeah. Lead, like... Lean right into all that Kate Kane, you know, like. Yeah. yeah bounce out of the military because don't ask, don't tell all that or Marines or whatever. Like, yeah. Just don't ask, don't tell. So, yeah. Do the whole yeah. thing. That's great. I like that. I like her origin story and stuff. Like coming back to Gotham, her reason for coming back to Gotham yeah. and stuff is always quite good. So Indeed. it's cool. I'm excited for that show to start. The only other thing was, uh, Tim, did you see Brandon Routh in his costume? I did, and that looks so good. He looks so good as, as Kingdom Come Superman. And we talked about Kingdom Come sort of tangentially yeah. a couple weeks ago on our comic episode. They spent so much money on that suit, too, by the way. They got the movie guys to make oh, that yeah? suit. So it I'm looks like, real good. Holy shit. Yeah, it looked really, really good. I was very excited yeah. by that. Uh, he looks—he's fucking jacked. Like he got fucking yeah, beefy for this fucking. Uh, yeah, and they special. grayed out his grayed out his temples and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah I'm pumped for that. So. We're gonna get him against the uh, Supergirl verse Superman, Superman against Tom Welling Superman and fuck. Like, nice. Until Kevin Conroy Batman comes yeah. in and just puts them on their fucking place perfectly, I think that there's no like I see no possible way that they can fuck that up. Like it has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I find, uh, this is the CW guys. They will find a way. <laughs> the crossovers are always I'm solid. Though. For the crossovers. I know though, that's what I was gonna say. The crossovers yeah. I've always enjoyed so far. Like I've never had a problem with any of the crossovers. They're always like, Oh, we're making yeah. a mini movie. You don't have to watch the rest of our twenty two episode bullshit. We're making a mini movie, yeah. and it's. I figured out how they so. can fuck it up. All the Supermen are going after Smallville Lana Lang. They're all fighting over her. <laughs> Chris and Kirk comes back. <laughs> they can't. I don't think no. they can do that after she was involved in that Nexium controversy. Like I don't think she's allowed to work anymore. I think no, that wasn't Lana. That was Chloe, wasn't it? Oh no, no you're right. She the was, other one. She was, was involved, involved early, early on. on. Yeah. Uh, what, what's her? I yes, can't remember her name. She was involved also. Allison Mack yeah. was involved from the beginning to the end, and is still involved. Uh, Christian Kruick Christian was involved at the yeah. beginning, but uh, I don't think she ever got like 100 percent clear of it. Just kind of like hands up and kind of whatever. Mia Culpa and walked away. But yeah, so I don't think those girls are coming back. But hey, you never know. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to do, like, redemption stories, Allison Mack's got a long fucking road to walk. Yeah, no know? shit. Well, and there is now, they're now filming a pilot for a, basically a Birds of Prey-y kind of series yeah. set in the Arrowverse with the, the two different versions of Black Canary and White Canary and all the fucking Canaries. And yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if, where that goes, because fuck that Black Canary character, the original one. 
was just written so badly. Yeah, she. Well, I would always thought that that, that actress could use a redemption in those. Like, she's such a good actress, and they yeah. just let her down so hard with that character. It was always like, give her something to do so that it, like redeem this a little bit. And they just, I mean, it was Arrow, so like it was just never gonna happen. Yeah. You know, like, poor Laurel. Yeah, poor Laurel. I keep like the rumor I keep seeing is like they spend a lot of money on that super suit. Are they doing a show with him? Because I'm like, if they are, I'm watching it. Yeah, me too. Like, if the, he's leaving Legends of Tomorrow anyway, right? So I think so. Yeah, yeah. So like, if he, they they can open that up, give me my Superman show, you fuckers. And especially yeah. if it's gonna look like that, like that looks awesome. Yeah. So yeah, sign me up. All right, that was uh, basically all I had for news. Well, I guess it looks like Joker is gonna have quite the fucking opening weekend, but we're gonna talk about that as the meet of the episode. So. Are you, what did I skip? Are what you gonna skip? skip Kevin Smith announcing Clerks three? Oh well, did you like he? He's been talking about that for so long. I kind of in my head had it already announced because he yeah. talked about it like four weeks ago. No, he um, uh, he posted a picture on Instagram of him and Jay, which is nothing fucking special, but with no. with Jeff Anderson with Randall again as oh, well. Yeah, I saw yeah. So yeah, now it's actually like going forward, not just like hey, I'm gonna make this at some point kind of thing. So well, that's good. Well, like I heard that because you've been showing or actually doing readings of the old script. He's rewritten the script. Is that and that's where I was kind of at with it. Um, and he'd been out reading the the Clerks three script as it existed previously, mm. but has since rewritten it because he didn't want to leave the boys in such a bad spot. Like he was talking about it on one of the podcasts. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of had it in my head, like, yeah, he's talked about this ages ago. Sorry. Yeah. So we'll be probably end up being about like fifteen years between Clerks two and three, which would be interesting. Which is about where like. They were time. Like how far? Uh, the original Clerks was what ninety four. Yeah. So twelve years between because Clerks two was uh, two thousand six. So yeah, twelve years. And now we're going to get probably like fourteen, fifteen years between these oh, two. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. As long as he's getting to make them, I just want to see reboot now more than anything. Yeah. That looks, like, yeah, that looks like fun. The other stuff. This is I think out of uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, announced New York Comic Con. Uh, they announced a new DC Universe series, which looks to be like an anthology series called Bizarro TV. Oh, yeah. So it's a anthology series focused on the lives of relatively obscure D-list characters like Ambush Bug, Space Cabbie, The Creeper, and Slam Bradley, and probably also Bizarro to some extent as well. And I mean, I'm a fucking sucker for deep cut DC characters, so I'm hooked for this. <laughs> I will have to wait and see exactly what it is before I make a real decision on whether I watch it yeah. or not. But I mean, I'm glad they're doing extra stuff. Like, I, it, it kind of sounded for a little while like DC Universe was like dead in the water because of the way HBO Max was. Yeah, and how. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. My my friend that works for uh, TCM, which is now Warner, seems to think that all those show, all those DC Universe shows, are just also going to end up as part of HBO Max. So that'll expand their reach Fine. as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, as long as they keep doing the shows, that's fine. Because I kind of want to yeah. see like where Titans and Doom Patrol go, at least in particular. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's see. There was a it's surprising no one. Uh, they're going to keep making Stranger Things, and so they did like just a little teaser video for season four of Stranger Things, where basically it just says like, yeah, we're leaving Hawkins. So okay. We were just kind of talking about Stranger Things and Netflix before yeah. the episode started. Like we we're. Our family subscription we're like what are we going to do with that because like aside from stranger things what do we watch on it not a lot not much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not much. Yeah. and then That's the so. other one is that walking dead got renewed for an 11th season but the one thing that sort of does excite me for that is that uh lauren cohen since her other show fucking failed is apparently coming back so lauren cohen be playing maggie on uh walking dead and yeah. she's always one of my favorite parts of the show and definitely features pretty heavily into the sort of part of 
the story that they're in right now. And so like, if she ends up being like the leader nice. of the hilltop. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's nice that she's back yeah. for that then at least. Right. So that kind of works out. Mm-hmm. Good. I forgot she left that show. Like I'm so disconnected from what is going on with Walking Dead. That, like I had completely, she, she didn't even realize yeah. she had, like I heard she left and then like it didn't register any further than that. Yeah, so I can't I remember. Like, oh, okay. Wait, coming yeah, back. I'm trying to remember what <laughs> I think. I don't know if it was one season or two seasons. Um, she wasn't gone for too long, but she, yeah, her other show just fucking bombed. Apparently, what was it? What was the other? The one? other one was a oh, Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. With a name like that, where could it fail? Right. <laughs> I heard good things about yeah. the first couple episodes, though. I heard that it like, in spite of the name, it's kind of like the Cougar Town Syndrome or whatever, where it's like actually. The show's not as bad as the, the title might imply, but... Uh, Cougar to Nabby? Cougar to Nabby. That was... Oh, man, that show fucking killed me. That was a great... That yeah. was a great gag. Yeah, it looks like it was only season 10, which is the current... Or upcoming season that Lauren Cohen missed. Okay. okay. I mean, fair enough. That's cool. I mean, 11 seasons, holy shit. Like, just going yeah. for it with that show. As long as it's still it's making like... money for them, and they still got, a, you know, solid... You know, it's probably... It's not near the viewership it once had but it's still got a solid enough viewership it's like you know it's like supernatural right it doesn't cost them that much to keep making yeah and especially in a, a show where like you can get rid of the main fucking character like the main characters the fucking like zombies and the 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 situation that they're in you know they, they could get rid of rick and yeah. people will still watch they can get rid of maggie and people will still watch because there are other compelling characters that yeah. they can uh, that they can then focus on instead and so if they do the job of actually like building up the characters because remember fear of the walking dead yeah that whole thing that was hey that's on that season five so now oh my god i'm yeah. i'm two seasons behind on it i've heard it's improved though yeah it so. did it, the first season was weak the second season you actually start to care about the characters which is not the not way that you want yeah, to not, do it yeah. but <laughs> yeah but at least they got there <laughs> yeah i guess like i was gonna say like that's if you're gonna take the long walk <laughs> route to doing it then i guess okay but like Maybe not the best way to do it either. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And there's this other spinoff now that is apparently going to be focused on like younger characters that have grown up in the post the end times kind of thing. And that one, I think, just got a first look at uh, New York Comic Con as well. That's I mean, whew, man, those I'm just going to keep making those shows. So good on them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Robert Kirkman's you know what? I'm happy for Robert Kirkman because yeah. he's getting he's making bank. that's yeah. yeah, he must be making fucking banks. <laughs> so good on him. I like Robert Kirkman. He's a good dude. Uh, so that's yeah. cool. In news that only I care about, <laughs> I've got I Love Steven Universe, and the final season has been announced. They just released the Steven Universe movie, which was really good. And so they've announced Steven Universe Future, which is like the final season showing now that Steven has saved the universe, what he's going to do now and how he's going to fix the unrest among the gem world and stuff like that. So I'm excited. It's a good show. I recommend it to people. Not as like, it's a solid, weird animated show, Cartoon Network style. If you guys liked Adventure Time or anything like that, Steven Universe. I never got into Adventure Time. Adventure Time is one of those ones that I just, I feel like I missed the boat on. Like I didn't, I don't know. I never connected with me for some reason. I was lucky enough to have, that was just as I was starting teaching. Well, not just as I was starting, but like while I was starting my teaching career here in Korea, that was starting to get really popular. So I kind of got into that fandom. And then as a result, because Rebecca Sugar, the creator of Steven Universe, was working on Adventure Time, I followed her over to Steven Universe. And I love the shit out of that show. It's really good. So check it out. Yeah. Steven Universe future. But other than that, I don't have any other news. 
Uh, with that, I guess that means we can move on to our Geek of the Week segment. Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! Which is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. So we're going to start with Tim. With Tim. Let's see, I was traveling once again for work this week, but I was out with uh, one of my new team members and who apparently is also really into like pinball and old arcade games. So we were in Ohio, and I know I've talked about this place on the podcast before, but there's a bar there called 8-Bit that uh, has mostly old like retro arcade cabinets, but they also have like four or five uh, pinball machines. So we just fucking got like 20 bucks worth of quarters and just played a shitload of pinball uh, and i found out that i am actually pretty good at it. because like it's one of those things like you don't really ever have anybody else to compare yourself to but me and him were playing head to head and he like plays a lot and there's this other guy that came up that seemed to play a lot as well and both of them were saying like yeah you're like we were all kind of congratulating each other so maybe it was just a big old like circle jerk wank fest who knows but uh <laughs> awesome. yeah it was fun. They had the newer Metallica game, which is a lot of fucking fun and has amazing sound, as you might expect from a game based on a band. Guardians of the Galaxy table, which is fun. An Elvis Presley table, which was pretty fun. And then a Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was like their only like older table, like a 90s table that they had. And that one's hard as fuck. Yeah. But That's cool. It's a fun night. Fun night of pinball. Tim, did I ever tell you about when I went to Australia? I got to play like this classic Incredible Hulk pinball machine in a comic book shop. No, I don't think so. No, when I saw it, I thought of you immediately, and I had to stop Jihoon and like actually like make him play it. So we <laughs> we shared quarter or whatever shared a moment. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, oh damn, Tim would love the shit out of this. It's like it was like seventies nice. Incredible Hulk, where like the but like Lou Ferrigno era, yeah, or, like just comic. Book? I think it was like it was around both, like around that era. Okay. But it was it looked really cool and it sounded like garbage because it was like classic, but it was well maintained. So, yeah, I just yeah. To... that's always the sad thing is seeing one of those old tables that people still like have an operation that clearly should not be like, you know, it's got like janky bumpers or like fucking fucked up flippers or the tables all worn down to be like, come on, just like spend some money and fix this yeah. up and then have people play it again. Yeah, it was really cool. So, like, I'm, I am dog shit at pinball, like. Uh, we we I think we lasted like thirty seconds per turn or something like that <laughs> on each, but it was it was still pretty fun. That's what I like about pinballs. You can have fun even if you're not great at it, because it's like yeah. worst case scenario, it's like a quarter that you've lost. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice, Paul. So I didn't have like the super geekiest week. I've been like laying low. I can't can't really go to the gym right now because I have a neck injury, which really sucks. What did you do to your neck? I have uh, C-spine kyphosis, which means my C-spine has gone from curved to straight because of Mm. posture and injury and stuff like that. So I have to get my neck pulled on with the machine cervical traction to like get it fixed Mm. and stuff every day. It it doesn't hurt. It's just like, well, my day to day, my neck hurts, but the treatment is actually quite refreshing. So that's, that's not so bad. Six to eight weeks. I should be back to normal. Yeah. Alicia had something like, well, uh, basically she had like issues with her arm and eventually they figured it might be that like she had a nerve pinched in her neck. So they gave her like one of those collars that like inflates uh, so the like it, pu- it puts pressure on your neck like it you know pushes against your shoulder and puts pu- pulls your head up kind of thing yeah just at home yeah i mm-hmm. think i might we're talking about getting something like that because i have the same kind of like radial pain through the nerve all the way to my wrist so kind of yeah, sucks yeah. but so i've been like doing mostly leg exercises and stuff like that but i i've been watching 
The Office, which isn't super geeky, but on Thursday we had a holiday and I made brunch for my friends at my place and we decided to like go geeky on our entertainment. So we watched Maleficent in preparation for my birthday, which is my birthday movie that I'll be watching in two weeks. But we also watched the first bit of Gargoyles, which guys, <laughs> that show is so fucking good. And I forgot how good that show is. Like it's mm-hmm. it still holds Jonathan up. Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sturdis, Brent Spiner yeah. is in it as well. Yeah, Brent Spiner's in there too. Michael Dorn shows up eventually. Yeah, too. He's plays he he, he plays a, like a Minotaur style gargoyle. I think yeah. later in the season. I I watched. I watched a lot of Gargoyles just because of that Star Trek. Well, Paul was really into it when we were kids, and I kept hearing voices I recognized, so I'd like, yeah. sit there and watch it with them all the time, right? And I was like, huh. So this is what they're doing now they're not doing Star Trek. Good thing they stopped doing Star Trek, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, you know what? I don't know. It, like, they don't half-ass it, though. Like, Marina Sirtis and Jonathan no, Frakes really, really are into it. Like, they give it their all. Like, it's still disney afternoon stuff so it's not exactly like it doesn't go super dark it gets pretty dark i mean and the whole like closed time loop traveling to avalon arc where the archmages is like fucking with the gargoyles lives and stuff like that and trying to stop king arthur from waking up man good stuff all together so like yeah love me some gargoyles it was fun it was fun to like go back and and watch the surprisingly good animation was still pretty smooth for, you know, 1993, 94. It was still Disney, right? And it was Disney that yeah. they clearly put a lot of thought into. It's just too bad that they they haven't touched this franchise in 20-something years. I know it's coming back to Disney+, Plus because all the Disney afternoon stuff is coming back. But, like, we need a Gargoyles renaissance, guys. It could be so good. Hey, we're getting Star Trek. Maybe when uh, Picard's done, all those guys will go back and do oh, another like set I'd of Gargoyles episodes. I'd or be something. 100 down. Hey, what do we do when we stop doing the other Star Trek show? Like, oh, we went and did that Disney cartoon. Well, all right, let's go do another <laughs> Disney cartoon. If they could get the whole cast, Why not? Back, damn, that would be awesome. Hey, you might even be able to get Patrick, like Sir Patrick Stewart, I should sure. say, involved also because I don't think he ever did an episode while uh, that I show don't was think on. So either. Everybody else seemed to show up. Or even LeVar Burton showed up at, at one point. <laughs> like, and did a guest spot or something. So, either way, that's awesome. So, for me, I'm still playing Link's Awakening. Like, I'm almost done. Uh, we're going to have to do an episode about it because Paul and I have lots of thoughts about it. It might, we can wait for Tim or we can do a two hander. I don't know. Alicia's now playing the Untitled Goose game on the Switch. So, <laughs> the what? Have you not heard about game. this fucking game? No, I'm, I'm in a. You basically get, you get to be a goose and go around and be an asshole to people. That's like the objective of the game. Oh, so it's like Goat Simulator yeah. updated? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay, fair. But with goat, goats, with or fuck geese, geese, geese. Are they like Canada geese? <laughs> no, no, it's a white just goose. geese. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say because at least then there'd be a good Letterkenny joke in it for everybody to you know skip that episode because it's super obnoxious. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll have DLC where it's a Canadian. It should be like yeah. cosmetic DLC it's where you get to dress up as a real unlockable character. Yeah, which is like <laughs> yeah. super asshole goose, Canada goose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. No, what really so like I'm playing Link's Awakening, but I've been doing Inktober also on my Instagram account. So I actually just posted a Joker not too long ago because I've skipped the prompt this week because fuck the prompt. I wanted to draw King <laughs> Phoenix as the Joker with real Joker makeup, not shitty and he actually looks really good guys i don't know like i think they should have just done it without all the triangle goofiness and just made him look like the joker so that's Ooh. my geek of the week do you guys want to actually you can go follow me mt underscore willette on instagram just follow me because 
I can use follows. I like follows. Spell will let for the people. O U E L L E T T E. I think. Yeah. I'll put a link in the, the episode description, maybe, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Follow me there. That's where I post all my art all the time. So, neither of these boys actually do Instagram. So, they never see anything unless I put it in front of them, basically. Yeah. So, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so, I will do yeah. that. This one that I'm talking about now, I'll post it for you guys when the episode ends. But yeah. we're talking about Joker. So, let's move on to the. <laughs> all right, boys. It's me to the episode time. Let's go to the meat of the episode. Grease painted edgelord meat. Mm. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take it. So we saw Joker. We did. We sure did. We sure saw yeah. Joker. So this is. I the, saw a movie. I don't know if I'm willing to acknowledge that it is called Joker. Well, it's called Joker, but does it star yeah. the Joker? That's the question we need to be asking ourselves, I think, early on, boys. So this is the Joaquin Phoenix starring Todd Phillips directed, also least anticipated film of the year. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> It's the one we've been shrugging our shoulders at for the entire year. Like, I was trying to think back of, like, what we've said about this movie over the course of the year, where it's just like, why does this exist and why are we doing this? I think was basically my take on it overall. And then the, and then the trailers hit and we were like, okay, that yeah. looks interesting. And yeah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, hey, man, it was awesome the first time they did it when it was called Taxi Driver. So maybe we should have <laughs> yep. yeah. fucking left it there. Anyway. Um, so let's <laughs> get, So if this is spoilers, first of all, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Just because we're going to want to talk about it and probably rip it apart from the sounds of it. But yeah, so spoiler warning right at the top. If you have not gone out and seen Joker and you want to get spoiled, stick around. If you don't, you need to go away now. and Come back once you've watched it. Yeah, you can do that too. Anyway, so Joker, let's start. Initial thoughts. Let's start with Tim because he sounds like he has initial thoughts. <laughs> Mainly, I, I just kept thinking to myself the whole time whether this movie really justified its own existence. And I watched it just this afternoon, and I'm still not really sure whether it did or not. Mm-hmm. It looked good. It was well made. But I don't know if it was a Joker movie. I don't I don't feel like it was a Joker no. movie. And I don't... I feel like this... It just tried to say so much that... Or, or it... I don't know muddled muddled is my fucking feeling on it like it just went 18 different ways and never really cohered which yeah maybe that's i don't know maybe that there's some supposed to be some fucking meta commentary there on like this is the joker's brain is like just all scattered and there's no real meaning to it but if so i still don't think it really achieved that either Yeah. You mentioned that uh, it doesn't really justify its own existence. It certainly tried by adding the Batman elements to the movie to help try to justify its existence. But those were the weakest parts of the film by far Mm -hmm. and actually made the film worse by trying to make it a Joker movie when it kind of really wasn't. So it was, yeah, I think that this is... This would have been a fine Oscar bait movie had you excised all of the Batman stuff, like yeah. renamed it Happy or whatever the hell you want to rename or it. Smile or something like that. Or, yeah. yeah. And then it would have been like a 70s style character study, taxi driver, Scorsese style. Yeah. And it would have been like, okay, I wouldn't have like recommended it, but I would have said like, here's a great performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Here's an underused, but still effective Zazie Beats and Francis Conroy, but like, and Robert De Niro and Robert De Niro. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. not forget De Niro, but 
Yeah, it's so the thing, the reason that it exists being a Joker movie is the part of the movie that drove me the craziest. So I was just kind of like, well, th- there's nothing in this movie for me <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I was Paul and I had kind of bashed off the same thing where it's like, uh, I was fine with it until it became a Batman movie. And then I was like, I don't really think this needed to be a Batman movie. And yeah. it actually would be more effective if it probably was more of a Batman movie at least then, because this isn't really, like, I don't know. That part of it, the Joker, or the Wayne and Fleck, like, Link kind of thing, for anybody that hasn't seen it and is just listening because they have no intention of watching it, uh, basically what they do is insinuate, but never entirely confirm that the Joker is also Thomas Wayne's son, so effectively Bruce Wayne's half-brother. Yep. So they never fully confirm or disprove it. It's kind of left nebulous at the end and it's all hinging upon like the sanity of Joker's mother and that's questionable at best, but I was intrigued by it. I think it's an interesting take, but the part that fucking bothers me is that it leaves us with a Joker that's like fucking 30 years older than Bruce Wayne. That was the first thing I bashed my head off. Like That's kind of where I got down into the rabbit hole of things. I'm like, wait, so if he's like 48, or however the fuck old Joaquin Phoenix is like, now, yeah, he's got to yeah. be. Like, like in, let's, in this, he's got to be, let's say, 40, at least. Yeah, he's 40 years old, movie. right? Yeah. So and the kid's 10, and yeah. he's going to be Batman in 20 years. So by the time this guy's fucking Joker actually faces a Batman, he's going to be 60. <laughs> and like he's not looking super healthy at this point mm-hmm. anyway. So like he ain't and he's chain movie. smoking like fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, like he smokes like a chimney. Like he's not making another twenty years. So like, my like I was trying to wrap my head around how you do this, and I'm like, I guess if you were trying to explain how Jared Leto's Joker became the Joker, and this was the Joker that he fucking is mimicking, then fine. Yeah. But like none of that applies. So like who gives a shit? And it's just like this universe has a Joker before there's a Batman, which doesn't really make sense for that character. Yeah. Like as the character exists. Yeah. Other bat villains, I will like. We can argue about those ones, but like Joker just never tracks that he shows up and is the Joker without Batman. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know why this movie's here. As yeah. a, like, I mean, as a comic book guy, I guess I'm kind of asking the question. I'm like, why? I don't. All right. Because like, I don't know. But, but so the thing, <laughs> Paul was saying that he found those scenes the weakest. But I actually thought the scene with Arthur face to face with Bruce and Alfred at the gates, like that one, I was like. I thought it was that pretty was creepy. Yeah, it was it was like stressful for me. Like I was that was tense and it was pretty yeah. well executed. Yeah, that scene was effective. I thought the thing the scene that I think Paul's bouncing off of and don't let me speak for you, I'm sorry I'm bouncing on you, Paul, but like m- what my thought was was the scene where it's him and Thomas. Yeah. Yes. The, like, in the bathroom. What is going on here? Like that was a weird scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well let me say like yeah, there are so few moments where the Joker acts like the Joker as I expect as a fan of the Joker to like Joker agent of chaos. There's like, I can point to certain moments where he actually behaves like the Joker. Mm -hmm. It would be that part with a Bruce. There would be the part where he puts on the clown mask over his clown makeup and makes those two guys fight on the train and just revels in the chaos of it. And the whole, the whole late, the whole night club or uh, late show thing. Up until the point where he puts a gun to his own head and we're supposed to feel sorry for him because, like, I feel like the Joker just, like, wouldn't do that. I don't think he, I don't know, like, this whole, like, sad sack, suicidal Joker layer that's underneath all of that, there's, it removes the malice and how sinister he is. And, like, I, because we want to make him a sympathetic character, I guess, like, 
we lose the quintessential what we think of as the Joker. Like we were talking about it, like the Joker that Lex Luthor doesn't trust to be on any supervillain team because he's too unpredictable. The the Joker who will create this elaborate ruse that like kills thousands of people just because he thinks it's a punchline for a joke that Batman might get. I don't yeah, know. Like the, like the Joker that cuts off his own face or like relishes having his face cut off because it's just a sick joke in the end on Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like that kind of shit. I don't see this guy doing any of that kind of stuff. So like, I wanted to get into that later, basically, because that's my big yeah. problem with this. Is that like, if you put this Joker in front of any other incarnation of the Joker, how does he fare? Yeah, not well. Yeah, <laughs> not well at all. Because all of them hate this guy because he's weak. And the Joker is a lot of things, but he's never weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's terrifying and he's sick, but he's never weak. And this well, guy's kind of just like. Yeah, for, for most of the movie he is. I think like by the end he kind of finds his strength in that idolatry that you know the mob sort of has for him, and I think that is kind of the jumping off point. But I agree, like ninety five percent of the movie he's like, yeah, little, yeah, I agree, like milk toast, mama's boy kind of thing. My problem there is like the Joker wouldn't need the crowds. He would love the crowd's adulation, yeah, but yeah. he wouldn't need it. Like yeah. he just doesn't fucking care. I agree. And in fact, would probably watch them all burn if he could. Like that's yeah. So this character is weird to me. Like it doesn't track as the Joker. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. Same way. Like I'm. I'm really. I'm not sure how I feel about the Joker being framed as like this kind of beta male, like effeminate, like mama's yeah. boy that becomes some kind of weird fucking working class, like Occupy Wall Street socialist huh. vigilante. Like, god damn. Uh, yeah. That was so tone deaf and weird. Yeah. Like the whole really the politics of this movie are so confused. They're all like, over the goddamn place. And then yeah, Todd yeah. Phillips fucking commentary on top of all this and talking about like how like overly PC culture and like woke culture and woke culture. leftist assholes and stuff are like ruining film and like like take all that and then put it on top of this movie and I'm really not fucking sure what the hell they were trying to do. What the hell he was trying to say with it. Uh, this is what I love about that statement because Todd Phillips is telling on himself with this movie. Oh yeah, because, absolutely. Uh, because Joker makes other people the victims of his joke and all those fucking white guys who are were the funny guys who have to hide now made other people the victims of their jokes yeah. and suddenly people are calling them on it and they're bitching about it. And so we make a guy, this guy the working class hero and oh, but then man. he's also the bad guy because like let, um, he's a working class hero, but we have to like rich people because Batman's a rich guy. Like, there's just it's so, so confusing. Yeah, it's just so, so, it's, wait. You just really tracked this whole fucking thing for me because it's basically Todd Phillips being told that like, but the jokes he made in The Hangover aren't fucking appropriate anymore, and him taking it out on the DC universe. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. There you go. Yeah. Is that what there this boils go. down to? Is it like, oh, we can't make like gay jokes anymore in Hangover movies? So fuck everybody and i'm gonna make this weird fucking joker movie that says that but fuck you yeah. guys but also fuck the rich people but like just fuck everybody i yeah. guess yeah this movie's real yeah. confused yeah because yeah it, it is. is can i just right. make a positive theory that todd phillips isn't a particularly uh talented director because <laughs> like this is basically like a martin scorsese like ripoff full yeah. on and he did the script for it too so we have him to thank for that Right. And can you think of a worse genre for a, a Joker origin movie than a like gritty, realistic 70s style crime thriller when Joker is supposed to be like 
this is it's too realistic it's too quote-unquote sympathetic and psychologically like in joker's head when he should be pretty incomprehensible like any other genre i feel would have been better like i swear to god i don't want to say this but i almost prefer the the suicide squad take on the joker to this one just in like at least he seems more in line with the DC Comics version in that he's pretty is unpredictable. There, is he's, there just a fuck with Batman kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't like the Jared Leto Joker. I fucking hate the Jared Leto Joker. But, like, in terms of, like, as a, a super villain, it makes more sense genre-wise than this genre, which is so gritty, realistic, and, like, depressing. See, I think if you didn't try to make him sympathetic, it would work. Like, if he was, if they were going back to the 70s thing and you're doing, like, Batman is fucking Dirty Harry and he's like, this is the serial killer you're chasing and it's this grim and gritty chase through, like, a CD7 style city. You know what I mean? Where he's just, you're not sympathizing with him at all. You're probably doing the psychological aspect study on Batman because he is also fucking crazy. So, like, do it on him. At least then you're supposed to sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. And let the Joker be the fucking maniac that we want the Joker to be, or the, the Joker's supposed to be, and not the sympathetic, like dude who shoots some guys in a fucking subway. Yeah, like, but we're supposed to not care about those guys because they're Wall Street assholes. And again, yeah. it's this whole loop of like, who the fuck do I care about in this goddamn movie? Yeah, like I know Bay Street assholes like that. Absolutely, no dudes like that. Do I want them to get shot in the face? No. Do I want them to get the shit kicked out of them? Probably, but like not dead. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I know it's weird. It's like a weird. Yeah, where am I supposed to live in this world? Anyway, I liked the I liked the setting overall. Going off what Paul was saying, like I found it to be pretty appropriate for the story. Again, maybe not for a Joker story, but for whatever story mm-hmm. this was going yeah. to be before Todd Phillips decided it was a Joker movie. Like I like that dingy like seventies like New York or yeah. Chicago or whatever. I mean, I, I mean Gotham. I mean Gotham. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's so yeah. New York, too, eh? You're like, huh? Yeah, well, that's where it was filmed, was Jersey and New York. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be well, Gotham, eh? And the, Interesting. Yeah, and the old the old Warner logo, I thought, was a nice touch, too, at the opening. Yeah. No DC thing at the start. I didn't see no, the badge. No. I didn't see the button anymore. true. That was kind of weird. So, I mean, they're, yeah. they're clearly like trying to... Develop... from it at this point? Yeah, I think they're clearly trying to, you know, set this up as, like, just being, like, a standalone movie, not necessarily part of a wider continuity or anything, and that might be why they're... Maybe they're not throwing that badge on it because it's not like a DCEU movie or something. It's at the end. Like you get the your yeah. Bob King yeah. and uh, Jerry Robinson, Bill Finger kind of stuff yeah. is all at the end. So I saw that. Like I sat through the credits thinking there might be. I knew there wasn't, but I was like, maybe there's something at the end. Like whatever. No. Yeah. So I sat through the credits. Yeah. Before we go, we've gone real down into like, we are like ranting here. Did you have anything? I like, I was, I didn't really have like a structure for this because I was just going to do standard. Like, it's okay. The fucking movie didn't have any structure either. So. Well, there's that. Too, right? <laughs> like, is there anything that you guys, before we just go fucking whole hog and rant, just fuck this movie, because like that kind of sounds like the direction we're going. <laughs> was there anything you liked? There was absolutely yes. stuff I liked. I thought it was it was shot really well. It was produced really well. Technically, it's a great movie. The There were great sets, costumes, set design, production design. Cinematography was fucking on point. Yeah. But mm-hmm. just the fact that it was sitting on this like foundation of a really fucking confused script just yeah. unfortunately so i kind of got some sort of discovery vibes syndrome from it and that like this looks great but it's just the foundation is weak yeah not yeah it's not doing anything. and there there were some real impressive shots like that overhead shot of the subway like going into the city like that was yeah. pretty breathtaking i sat there and was like that is that looks fucking awesome 
Yeah, and the performances, yeah. I think. Yeah. like, And in spite of the fact that Zazie Beetz was way underserved by the script. She didn't need to be there at all. It was this weird, like, this guy's following her, and then, like, it's the... It, the the incel fantasy where he follows her and then she falls in love with him yeah. but then we realize oh no he's actually have, a fucking creep so then it was it, it pulls the it, it pulls the rug out from under us and like it, it did not need to be there no. Frances Conroy I think she had just the right amount of time maybe a little I would have liked a little bit more from her but mm. she's like I love her and everything she's in she's a powerhouse yeah. and like, six feet from under, six feet under yeah. American Horror Story, yeah, Balenciaga, everything about her is just awesome. I love her. Agreed. Even in shitty Halle Berry Catwoman, she was in that too. And oh god, that's just, right, she blacked that out. Oh yeah, my she, god, she's delightfully campy in that too. But she, I love Frances Conroy. So yeah, but let's not performance-wise. This was Joaquin Phoenix's movie. Oh, he carried this movie on his fucking bony ass shoulders. Oh, god, he sure yeah. did. He dragged that script's corpse <laughs> through the entire two-hour runtime, which, thank God, it was only two hours long. Thank yeah. God. But it's on top of like, what didn't you like? It's like, oh, fuck, it's, it was three fucking hours long. Oh, wait, wrong no, movie. No. This was nice. It was only two. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yeah. No, it didn't feel overstuffed. If this was a three-hour movie, I'd have lost my fucking Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agreed. Fucking Phoenix's portrayal was great. I actually do <laughs> like the take of the Joker having, like, or, or Arthur or whatever, having the neurological condition that causes pathological laughter. That's kind of a cool yeah. take on it. And Phoenix, I thought, portrayed that really well. And I guess that's one of the things he did a lot of in sort of preparing for the role was watch a lot of videos of people that have that pathological laughter and, like, laughing to the point where they can't catch their breath and everything. And you can see in their eyes that they don't want to be laughing. And I think he captured yeah. all that really, really well. But yeah, his performance totally carried the movie for me. It was unsettling and uncomfortable, which is exactly what I want out of a Joker performance. Mm-hmm. And like the grotesque physicality, like he lost like fucking 50 pounds for this role. So he's all emaciated and like that, that grotesque physicality that he brought to the role, like totally sold the performance for me. I just wish he was, the only thing he lacked was menace. That was my, yeah. like, I know we brought that up, but like he just, he never... There's a thing about the Joker leaning in on a dude sometimes yeah. where he's like, holy fuck, is he just the creepiest motherfucker alive? And you never really get to that point with him in this movie. You get which glimpses is like, of it. Like, yeah. I got a glimpse of it, like, after he kills the dudes on the subway. Like, he starts to sort of find his confidence and his menace at that point when he gets that, like, first taste of, like, murder and chaos and that kind of thing. But then it, it dissipates again. Yeah, it never quite gets there. Yeah, I think the time when I, I caught it the most was, like, right it was like right after he shot De Niro. Yeah. And he's sitting there like, or even before, kind of glowering. before it and after he's glowering at him. And I'm like, that's fucking yes. That you, he, like I can feel like power. some kind of menace yeah. or whatever coming off of him. But then it just kind of goes away. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. Cause like at that point, that should have been it. Like that should have been the snap. He's the fucking joker. Yeah. Like if I were doing this, I'd have been like right there. Oh man, he goes nuts. Yeah. And the menace comes up, like the confidence comes up. Because my, as I was watching the movie, I'm reading it like, oh, the joke's his internal laughter. He thinks the situation is funny in his head, but he's stopping himself. And it's like a split personality-ish kind of thing, where eventually that Joker is going to pop up, I guess, a little bit more and take over. Yeah. And I never got there. And I was like hoping for that to be that moment, because then I would have been like, all right, I kind of like this. Like, he's gone. Yeah. He's lost it at that point. But he never feels like the Joker ever to me. Yeah. So. I think that one of the things that was lacking was the fact that the killing of De Niro 
didn't feel like the punchline to a joke. And I, I'm going to like um, it mo- maybe it felt we more like do this yet, but like yeah, it, it wasn't like the Heath Ledger I'm going to make a pencil disappear moment where you you do find it funny in a macabre a sick fucked way. up oh, God. sick way. Like that that is funny. It is fucked up, and you know that it is, and you you feel bad for laughing. But there was nothing funny about the Robert De Niro scenario. No. It's like I see. So there, like that, the the dark humor isn't really there. So it doesn't feel like punchlines. So it just like Joker should be funny, or at least be we should be able to like contextualize his humor. But like this Joker is just sad. So there's nothing like there's none of that weird dark connection of like understanding him on the his humor level which is i guess was one of the like the genius moments of the ledger performance but like we'll not get into that yet like oh yeah we're gonna talk about that because i did watch the dark knight after i watched this yeah i was was thinking about it "Hmm, you know what but still hasn't topped it (laughs) still fucking hasn't topped (laughs) well while paul's talking about humor i don't know about you guys but there was a lot of both like outright laughter and uncomfortable laughter in my viewing and at like really inappropriate, like often very tragic or incredibly violent moments. And that fucking like that, I found more unsettling than the movie sometimes. Yeah. What was weird about it? Nobody laughed during my screening and I had a pretty full house and like nobody laughed the entire time. And I was like, I think I hunt a couple times. Like, like I said, what would call snorting, I guess, at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I, yeah, I never had the... like any outright like chuckles or belly laughs or whatever kind of thing. The closest one that comes to mind was like the the almost malapropism of him walking into the glass fucking door. Yeah, where yeah. I was like, that's so yeah. ridiculous that I was like, huh, all right, well, yeah, ooh, we're going for that one, I guess. That was a weird. There were people laughing when Gary had to step over the corpse of Raymond and then got to the door and couldn't open the door chain. Oh. I was like. Jesus, you're laughing at this? Like this that dude was, like, is yeah, is like super fearing for his life right now, and you guys are like having a chuckle at this. And see, that's yeah. another one of those scenes where, like, when you start taking them out of context, or you're like, kind of, I don't know, blurring up the rest of the movie. Like that scene is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like it's such a good scene, yeah. but like it doesn't feel like the Joker. No, you know, because there's no joke involved. He's just again, it feels like Taxi Driver. Yeah, it feels like Taxi yeah. Driver again. Exactly, right? Taxi Driver if he right. was a clown. Yeah. Well, this is the. <laughs> This feels like one of the jokes that Todd Phillips wishes that he could tell, but you know it's in the the context of this horror, and so it's like, dude, it's still not funny. Like you, like you're just yeah. not, this is not working. Um, I, yeah. I it feels like something the Joker would do though. Like yeah, absolutely. Least, so I was like, I bet, okay, that kind of tracks for me, but like it's still, I don't know, man. I just everything else in this movie just didn't feel right to me. So I don't know. Like in the context yeah. of it being like a Joker movie, anyway, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and I will say, well, you know, going back to talking about performances as well, it was an interesting performance for De Niro. You don't often see him trying to play like somebody pretty like charismatic, and I mean, like a fucking late night host is not playing the type for him at all. No. But I thought he pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, he was pretty good actually. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, especially like that charismatic, like risk taking late night host. Like he's the one that's willing to like go a little bit further than the others, and that's why he ends up sort of engaging with Joker rather than you know cutting cameras kind of thing. Yeah, probably based on that Dark Knight Returns host that was based on Letterman. So I mean, yeah, there you go. It's all back to Dave. Always back yeah. to Letterman. <laughs> so anything else? What else did we want to talk about here? I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, the one thing I did like. <laughs> sorry. When the kids slid down the pole, I was like, all right, if you're going to do stupid fucking gags, that one was pretty good. I'll give you that one. Yeah. I'll give yeah. you the fucking bat Bruce slides down the pole. 
Yeah, the callback to the '60s Batman. Yeah, that hole. Yeah, that one will give you. And like, I agree. Like, Joaquin Phoenix fucking crushed. Like, the only reason I was engaged in this movie was just like watching this performance, and then yeah. I just kept getting taken out by like comic book nerd brain. Like, well, if this movie wasn't called Joker, yeah, this would be fucking yeah. great. I would have really enjoyed this yeah. movie. Probably exactly. Well, and that's yeah, like that idea of like this character being the product of and seeking revenge against a harsh, unforgiving world. Like, that's a fine origin for a villain just not the joker yeah like it, it just doesn't ring true to me to the spirit of the character so this is as soon as i heard that they're making a joker movie my first thought was they're going to try and make this a sympathetic character and i don't want that yeah and that's exactly what it fucking did it it they attempted to make the joker one of the most vile cruel vicious and unrepentant villains of all time and tried to make the audience sympathize him and i'm sure that there were plenty of people incels that were in there fucking sympathizing with him yeah absolutely like that really creeps me out because he's like very clearly not the entitled and so like he literally is working his ass off to save his mother's life you know like and to be on doing his best (laughs) yeah he's doing his best he's on social security like the the like when we think of incels we think of like these entitled men keyboard warriors who are like being supported by their mothers and living in their basements well whereas yeah. this guy is actually the, they've been given every fucking opportunity and squandered it yeah whereas this guy is, is has a, a mental illness he has he is supporting his mother and getting fucking jumped in the streets by kids and all like he's an actual victim of society yeah. like his his social service gets cut off and I love that line where the social workers like they don't give a shit about people like me either. Yeah. They don't give a shit about yeah. you. They don't give a shit about me either. I like you are in need of help, and I'm trying to help, and nobody cares. And it was just yeah. like, oh, okay, that feels real. But again, this shouldn't be the fucking Joker origin story because, yeah. like, I just yeah, I don't. And in some cases, they treat that really well. Like I, it was again another fucking like muddled writing, like mixed message kind of thing. Sometimes it treats it really well how they deal with like mental illness and how people with mental illness are perceived and treated. And at least in 1970s fucking New York or whatever this is supposed to be. But like sometimes Arthur's condition is treated with like sensitivity and empathy. But ultimately, it's still a movie that fucking very much demonizes a mentally ill person in the end. Yeah. But also turns him turns him into a working class hero. Like the, the again, it's the yeah. the politics are so muddled that like trying to yeah. to nail this down like makes it yeah. so ambiguous that it doesn't mean much of anything. Like Yeah, like I tried to sit down and think okay, like what is Todd Phillips trying to say with this movie and is it like power to the people and like you know the disadvantaged should rise up? Is it society should take care of mentally ill people so they don't become serial killers? Or is it you can be hailed as a hero if you kill Wall Street douchebags and also your mother and your friends? Or but then like, they they flush all that down the toilet when they have the guy assassinate the Waynes at the end of the movie. Like any yeah. anything that like where the left had the leftist or the work the union like definitely like leftist type uh, pro union people were like yeah. using it as a means for political assassination. And therefore, it's like it rings of both sides of so bad. That, like, yeah, it really does. It just and like, really, and just the the writers just give us the script gives us so many gives every excuse for Arthur to not take any responsibility for his actions as well. 
everything is because he's been done wrong. You know, he has an abusive mother, society left him behind, funding was cut to the social programs that were helping him get assistance and get his medication. And so, like, it's very much, again, this, like, incel fantasy of, like, everything's been done wrong to me, I have it so hard, and therefore this is society's fault that I'm taking these actions and that I'm going to go fucking shoot up this mall or this fucking Walmart or whatever. Yeah, the, the actions then become quote-unquote justified within the reality of the movie and and people are cheering him on which means like oh that's such a bad message to send it's so bad that yeah ultimately this guy who gets crushed by society who starts taking it out on people like they are at this point legitimate targets because they are quote-unquote rich wall street douchebags which no still bad because his other victim like is the Zazie Beats character, a woman of color, who is a single mother, like, he doesn't actually commit any violent, physical violence on her, but he scares the shit out of her. He terrorizes her. We don't know Did you see what was behind the door when he walked out? Right. We don't know. That that whole thing was totally unnecessary and could have been excised entirely, and I would not have missed it at all. Plus, I mean, I guess there probably wasn't supposed to be any chemistry between them because it was all in his head. But yeah, there was absolutely no chemistry between the two of them. So like, even when I was thinking like, okay, maybe this is real, although it seems like they just jumped from nothing to lovers really quickly, it felt really forced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a real weird... Like, we didn't need that to show that he's got delusions. You know, we'd already seen him visualize himself on the stage of the Murray Franklin show. And so, okay, it's established. This guy is somewhat fucking disconnected from reality. Yeah. We didn't need the whole Sophie thing to hammer that point home. Right. And I really liked that scene uh, where he's fantasizing about being on the show because his speech is so childlike. And it's, like, this very infantile fantasy of being, like liked and adored and spreading happiness and stuff like that because it's so it's such a childlike understanding of what happiness is which makes sense because that's what his mother explained what happiness was to him for his whole life so i and that i thought that that was quite brilliant and really helped me not hate the characterization in terms of the concept of incel because at least we acknowledge that their drives are childish you know like and yeah. that that was pretty upfront and obvious that like his desires are pretty like uh not under developed. underdeveloped, and, underdeveloped. Yeah. and so yeah. that was i thought that that was an interesting it's choice very much yeah very much a case of arrested development yeah and so that was cool but like then the movie does its best to like grim and gritty taxi driver and make him like mature anti-hero and then it's like oh well we lost that whole thing Mm-hmm. And except for the dancing parts where he started like with Bruce and all that stuff. So, yeah, I like those, like his little dance numbers were one of the things that, that really engaged me with, uh, with that version of the character. And that's like, if they'd taken that and put it into a better script, if they'd taken Phoenix's performance and put it into, or Phoenix's characterization of the Joker and put it on top of a better script, I think it, this could have been a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't understand how you managed to make a movie that is both suspenseful and super predictable at the same time. I yeah, I was kind of like that was part of my problem with the, like I knew where the movie was going almost immediately once they kind yeah. of put all the plate like pieces on the board. I was like, oh, we're gonna sit here for another hour while this kind of 
unravels. Plays out. Yeah, but yeah. like I know exactly what's going to happen because a, I, read... I can see the strings that have been pulled here. Yeah, and, and like I, yeah. I've read enough Batman comics to know like what kind of shit they're going to homage, and I knew like with the gate that like I've read Dark Knight Returns, so I know he's going to like there's going to be mm. some kind of killing involved with this late night talk show host host yeah. right so i'm like well i know where this is gonna end that's probably gonna be the big thing i know right from the start i knew all of his interactions with zazie beats were him fucking delusional because she looked too creeped out by him in the elevator for the next yeah. scene was him opening the door and kissing her i was like nah that's he's he's out of his mind plus i think the color tint changes a little bit when he's having delusions mm-hmm. it gets a little cleaner everything looks a little more polished at that less point. less washed out and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or more washed out, like it looks like it's got that gray kind of um, acid yeah, wash to yeah, it, kind yeah. of thing. So I was like, I, I'm pretty sure this is all delusion. Because anytime he went into like his head, everything got like nice and kind of HDified as opposed to like gritty 70s film ified, I guess. Huh. So I was like, huh, I kind of. Again, another like fucking film is well made technically. It's yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's just a polished turd yeah. of the script. So I was like, man, the script's just not working for me at all. Yeah. So. Or, I mean, I guess it. Does. How many times have we said that? Lately? I don't know. Like, I think geez, that's the thing. It's it like, used to be our new fucking, like, damnation by, for praising by faint damnation yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> man, I really wish the writers had spent as much time working on this as Bokeem did on his performance, is basically, yeah. like, what I came away with it from. So, or came away yeah. from it with. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. What else you guys got? I can't even think of anything else right now. My brain seized up. My biggest problem with this movie is not the movie itself, it's the already the chatter that it started to inspire and what I imagine it's going to become because I envision that this is going to end up being a movie that like pseudo intellectuals and incels will hold up as some sort of like counterculture masterpiece and manifesto. Oh, like fight club. Like we did this. Already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We did this. Yeah. And the people, yeah, people already fucking mischaracterized fight club. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be like, man, the world just doesn't get me just like Joker. So let's burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Or like, there's a real difference between how, like, fuck, yeah, like, there's, I don't know, I can't wait like, to a mentally ill person being treated this way in the 70s, and, which, admittedly, would have been pretty awful, and you being treated like a pariah because people don't like your casual racism, and how you don't like your, like, anti-political correctness views, <laughs> Todd Phillips, like, those are very different things, and except people are going to equate the two together. And it's going to become like a fucking edgelord favorite. And I absolutely hate that. Like, this is going to be that movie that you're, you know, the the people that you knew in high school that stayed in their hometown and like worked in video stores and like never made anything of themselves are going to point to and be like, man, we should watch The Joker. That movie's amazing. Yeah. And <sighs> that was the funny part when I walked out of it. I was like, I don't really ever want to see this movie ever again. Like, I don't need to see it. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for me as a DC fan. It doesn't really do anything for me as a film fan because I can just go fucking watch Taxi Driver. Yes. You know, like Taxi Driver is out there and I can just go fucking watch it. And guess what? Taxi yeah. Driver is a really good fucking movie. Yeah. Like whatever this pastiche homage direct rip and then pasting of the Joker on top of this is, I'm like, this is not Taxi Driver, guys. This is like you wishing you were as good as Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro were back then. Oh no, Mark, we are hearkening back to when cinema was true and real and like, uh, was able to close boundaries, right? You know, like this is the kind of bullshit that like, I think people will use to justify it. Oh, well it's a, it's an homage to the seventies where like, you know, black people could only be successful in black exploitation movies for the most part. Mm-hmm. And like film was very segregated and women were getting raped on screen a lot in the seventies and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, 
you know what? I feel like this is, it's going to be one of those movies that people are going to defend. And the way that people will defend it is going to show their ass. It's going to like yeah. tell on them a lot. So like, oh yeah, exactly. If if you badmouth this movie, there are going to be edge lords that will say like, you just don't get the dark humor. Like you're not smart enough to get what Todd Phillips was doing. And I'll be like, no, it's actually just like a fucking sloppy written script. So keep going. But I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like I I went to school and took film class. So like I know yeah. when things work and don't in a script. Like I've written scripts. They're all shit, yeah. but like I've written them. So like I've done that. Regardless, like, I know, <laughs> but at least I know they were bad. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, and we didn't even discuss Scorsese's little uh, comments on MCU movies and superhero movies this week. They are said, not like, basically cinema. they're not they're not cinema. Not they're not film. Cinema. They shouldn't be regarded as such. And I just you know it just so happens to come on the week when a comic book movie comes out that is so clearly and has been explicitly stated as being influenced really heavily by his films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. I, that's a whole another discussion to have. Where like all these fucking old dudes are like, no, Netflix isn't real film because it never showed in the theater. And I'm like, I don't know. It's two hours of fucking me sitting in front of a screen. So like, get off my lawn. Yeah, I guess. Right. Well, I love <laughs> I love that gatekeeping. Like the because it, it takes a lot to get movies on movie screen, like cinema screens, guys. Like it, the net, yeah. Netflix breaking down that barrier is good for everybody, and like yeah. they just Except don't for them. Yeah, because the only movies that are getting made are big tentpole productions now. So yeah, big like budget big, blockbusters. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're back into like the sixties roadshow era shit. But like even then they they shit on their own product depending on who what the main character is. Because just today, DC switched their Facebook logo to Harley Quinn because they want to hype Birds of Prey because it's the next like Joker has done its job and made like 90 million bucks this weekend it's doing great so they're moving on to promote their next product which makes sense but people are already like oh what the fuck why is harley quinn getting pushed down our throats like you have a a a masterpiece in theaters right now and you're not and i'm like fuck dudes shut up like yeah exactly (laughs) like it's it's not the it's not the band that i hate it's the fans yeah 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 that's uh like it's just so hard to be a fucking rational comic book fan because so many of them are just people that just uh, what's the word there's a word for that i think i think it's oxymoron i think is actually Mm. the word you're looking for um yeah like honest politician or something like that yeah Military intelligence. Military That's the one. That's the one that everybody goes to. Military intelligence. Yeah. You know, there, <laughs> there's that. What else do I want to talk about when it comes to? This? I like the score. I thought they did a good job of the score. It was sort of haunting and and pretty effective underneath everything. Some of the musical cues though were a little little heavy handed, but other than yes. that, the, the score itself was good. It was just like some of the song yeah. choices were just kind of like a yeah. little on the on the cl- big red clown nose. Yeah. I'm a little over the Guardians of the Galaxy needle drop that seems to have permeated every fucking major motion picture for the last five years. Yeah. It's like we just have these big soundtracks and we're kind of weighing the emotion on the scene of the scene on your recollection of the song like that. It, we're using that song and how popular it is and like what it makes people think of to color what we're doing on the screen. And it's kind of a cheap ploy. And I'm a little like, hmm. We're doing this a lot, and this is one of those movies where I'm like, I notice it more because everything else about the production is pulling me out of it anyway. So I'm like, hmm. 
these needle drops feel a little more forced than like they did in Ragnarok, I guess. Yeah, that's then it's just yeah. fun. Where this is like, well, we're doing this and this is social commentary. We're going to do a needle drop too, and it's like, well, yeah. And 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 I don't like that they're using these movies and like throwing these movies into like really dark, fucking edgy movies, which then colors the way people see these songs going forward. Like shit, like that's like Sinatra's version of "That's Life," like is probably forever going to be colored for me by this movie now. And I already really like that song, but now I'm gonna fucking be like, oh, remember the joke they shat all over this fucking Sinatra classic in the Joker or Joker? Yeah, see, I won't remember shit like that. Like, that shit I won't mm. remember. Like, it won't pull from me for that, because, <laughs> like, this kind of stuff will just be, like, in and out. Like, I'll, like, well, if you ask me about this movie next week, I'll be like, oh, it's probably okay. I don't remember anything about <laughs> it. Yeah. Which seems to happen a lot with stuff we watch. Like, if you ask me about it right now, I'd be like, fuck, it was three hours long, but I don't remember anything else about it. <laughs> That's literally all I can pull from that conversation. Was that, like, like, fuck, that movie was three hours long. So, I don't know, like, I don't know, this movie never didn't stick with me. I'm kind of like, did I care? Not really. I don't know. I'm very ambivalent, I think, more than anything about this movie. Where I was like, I was kind of interested in seeing it because like the trailers made it look like it could be something interesting. But then it came out and I was like, well, uh, not really. Like, it was Taxi Driver. Yeah. yeah. Again. In HD. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you, nice. I'm glad that you guys disliked it as well, just because I felt up kind of biased because I actually don't really like those seventies style gritty character studies. I just find them kind of like dull, I guess. Like and to me, like if this is gonna be the genre for the Joker origin story, it's the one Joker origin story that I didn't want, weirdly enough. Like I could think of like a cheesy eighties movie comedy in the style of like, I don't know john hughes or whatever or a like a 60s camp adam west style joker is more appealing to me than this joker by a long shot or any any of heath ledger's like lies in you know various versions that he gives in dark knight would i would have taken over this yeah well here's my here's the last thing i'll just bring up like we're comic book nerds why don't we just talk about this like comic book nerds like what problems did you have with it as a comic book nerd you know what i mean like you're steeped in dc lore and stuff like that and you're watching this movie and you're like this isn't really the joker yeah but like we're really fucking forcing this down like we're really hammering home and that we want this to be part of the dc universe somehow so here's thomas wayne and he's a dick yeah 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 because thomas wayne has to be a dick now yeah but i i mean i guess that's sort of the take lately with uh i saw know, like dr Flashpoint. hurt and everything yeah. like that i was but... thinking like batman where he's like evil batman kind of yeah and i'm like yeah. why it's like a big thing with like i get you don't always want to be like thomas wayne we see him from bruce's perspective and like yes they're gonna kind of canonize him a little bit but like does he have to be a giant dickwad every yeah. time he shows up in something now because like i feel like he's just a giant dickwad all the time now and i still want to be like he was at least a good father right but they never really say that. It's <laughs> just kind of like, yeah. he's an asshole to everybody. And then we find out in 20 years that Bruce thought he was great. And I was like, well, okay. Interesting. He took his kid to see Zorro. So yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I suspected it earlier, but like, that's like cemented it in my head. <laughs> well, see, my, my first take on that was like, this is the longest fucking walk anybody has ever taken me to do the Batman origin again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did we really yeah. need to do this two hour fucking walk to do the Batman origin again? Yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. It's like, it's like Thomas and Martha Wayne in the universe exist. The universe itself, fuck that noise, gonna correct that real fast. And it's just like, yeah. you have to die. 
Yeah. Like they have to die. Why? What the fuck does this? What does that help this movie at all? Except for to tie it to DC continuity by killing the wing. Except not really, because now we get geriatric Joker. Yeah, like now Joker's like ninety eight years old. (laughs) What the fuck are we doing? And they even do the Martha Wayne pearl necklace drop from the nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, uh, Burton movie, and I was like, "What the? Why? Why are you?" Yeah, well, that's doing become this? shorthand for their death now. It's... Like they do, they did that in in the Dark Knight, where yeah. they showed, but yeah, uh, they did, or in whichever of those movies they showed uh, the origin in. And... It's a running gag yeah. at this point. It is like it is. that's why I, I, I that was the thing that got me. Where I was like, "Huh, huh. they're doing this again? <laughs> Holy shit!" Yeah. And then they just show Bruce like Bruce like standing there unfeeling like above his parents' corpses. Like I much prefer the version where he's like down on the ground like head in his hands kind of thing. Crime. That's that's way more impactful than like Bruce already having fucking checked out of any emotion like ten seconds after his parents have died. It's so weird. I was just like, why are we doing this? Like why mm-hmm. and what was who who picked the dude who played Alfred also? Like Yeah, that was that was a weird pull. That was a weird fucking pull, right? Yeah. Like I was like, because when he walked up, he had an English accent. I'm like, I'm assuming that's supposed to be Alfred. It may not yeah. be, but like, let's assume that this is Alfred. Yeah. It's fat bearded Alfred. Why? Well, yeah. Like, why is Alfred fat bearded dude now? I'm like, hey, listen, as a fat bearded dude, I'm in, I'm on board. You know, like, I want to be Alfred. That would be the kick-ass <laughs> job for me. And I could use the gig. But like, man, that's not Alfred. Alfred's a skinny English dude. And I know like. Also, that dude is already like in his 50s. So then we get an Alfred that's like in his seventies by the time he Batman starts, starts yeah. being Batman. So then you're into a Michael Kopp situation where he's like nine hundred years old and still <laughs> fucking dusting the Batcave and shit. That poor bastard <laughs> was still walking up and down those stairs. I was like, make that old man an elevator, Joel Schumacher. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fucking movies. Honestly, what else did they do in here that was like super? DC-ish. I was just like, I really got caught up on the Wayne thing, where I was like, we're going to shoehorn the Waynes in here any way yeah. we can. And I'm like, why? Yeah, any why? story that has anything to do with Batman, whether no matter what time period it's set in, there has to be a Wayne in it. And they have to be like way, central to the fucking plot, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're always just like, yeah, it's Jack the Ripper times, and like, there's still a Wayne in London who's a badass Batman. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, come on, man. I don't know. That's very strange. So that was kind of my like DC thing. I was just like, I don't. I honestly feel like if they excise the DC stuff, this is a fucking fine. That's what I said. And I always said like, that. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I. Yeah. But again, like even if taking all that stuff out, and this this guy isn't the Joker. He's just like he just ends up the like being uh, the clown working class hero guy. Basically, it's still shitty. It's still pretty shitty. It's still it's shitty. Still, but it's an Oscar bait movie. It's it's basically just yeah. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix like carrying. Uh, character around and doing a good, a very good job, a very excellent job doing that character, but it's just like it's still not... Then you're not dragging the Joker into a controversy, you know what I mean? Like, you're not taking that... Doing this, I, I totally think this is an ill-advised movie to make, period, because you should never be trying to, like, heroify the Joker. He's the devil. It makes yeah. no fucking sense to be like, this guy's your hero. I mean, they made Maleficent, and she was the devil, and that was stupid, too. But guess what? You can learn from other people's mistakes, Warner Brothers. You don't have to do the same mistake Disney made. Don't make the Joker a sympathetic character, because he's not a sympathetic character. He's an evil force of nature. Yeah. But dimensionality sells, and and everyone wants to know, like, why are bad guys bad? And it's just like... and, and to, <laughs> like You don't need to know it about the Joker. Like, do it with everybody 
every other bad guy can have their stupid origin story. Like, just let him be this weird, malevolent entity that just exists <laughs> and shows up and causes chaos. Make this a Kite Man movie, where it's instead of being about a clown, yes. it's this fucking dude that really likes kites, and people make fun of him for it. Absolutely. And then he becomes Kite Man, and I Absolutely. fucking, I'm on yeah, board. Absolutely. You know? Kite Man, the people's hero. Let's watch yeah. that movie. Even if it was Riddler or something like that, I'd be like, okay, because at least then I'd yeah. buy yeah. Edward Nigma is a shitty incel. You know what I mean? Or, like, or Penguin. Penguin. Like Penguin being, I I got, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being like a you know a character, the cast out from society kind of thing, and then he takes his revenge on society. Like I'm there for that take on it, but yeah, it just doesn't yeah. work for the Joker. Like it doesn't yeah. work for the Joker. They went they went for name recognition on the most popular probably villain that isn't Darth Vader on the planet, and guess what we get? A real mixed fucking bag of a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question before we do final thoughts. Who's your favorite Joker? We've seen Joaquin Phoenix now, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I did this. Because I at least wanted to leave on a laugh. Because for me, it is a two-faced coin flip between uh, Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger. And Mm -hmm. I'm having such a hard time. Because, like, uh, I grew up with Mark Hamill, and he was very perfect for what the Batman animated series needed. But Heath Ledger was perfect for The Dark Knight. It was such an amazing performance. How the fuck do I choose? But I'm gonna I'm going to go with Heath Ledger overall because I think that it was a once in a once in a decade performance overall. Like yeah. H- Hamill was consistent, and I give him props, and he remains consistent in the Joker. I give him props. It's a close, close, close thing. But that uh, Ledger performance in The Dark Knight is still I still find subtleties in it. As I watch it, I'm just like, well, he did that thing, and it's so good, and I didn't even fucking notice it. Like I was watching it, so I watched it last night, okay? And, like, there's a bit where, like, he sticks the dogs on Batman right at the end, right? Mm -hmm. And he, like, triple take hesitates before he dives in, because he's, like, not sure if he has the advantage enough or yet to dive in and physically attack Batman. And I never really caught that before. And I was watching, I was like, holy shit. He did like a weird triple fake, like, I'm not sure if I should do this yet, and then dove in. And I was like, that's crazy. This is such a good performance. Fuck that other movie. This is still the best Joker movie. So good like, performance in a good movie. Yeah, it's a good well, it's yeah. also that movie's like fucking mind blowingly good still, like still holds up like crazy. Yeah. Um, for me anyway, like I fucking love the Dark Knight. So Tim, what do you think? Who's your Joker? Uh and this is purely because it's his voice that I hear when I read the Joker in comics, so it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. If I'm if I'm reading like that is every time I read Joker dialogue in the it's in Mark Hamill's uh, Batman animated series voice. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, I have exactly the same answer, which is like that that voice exists in my head for the Joker mm-hmm. now permanently. Like I just can't get rid of it. Even when I like if I'm jokingly writing a Batman thing, like the comic pages, and I put Joker in there, I hear mark hamill's fucking voice in my head which is not good probably not good for me but like I hear that voice <laughs> but the, in my he head can like, God, he's so good at it he can hit all the different dimensions is what i yeah. love about it is that he can hit like the jokey like over the top campy yeah. joker but he can also hit the really menacing like suspenseful in your face like like mark said like leaning on you kind of you know talking real close to you and you just shitting your pants in fear joker yeah. as well yeah 
And I think like Heath does that too. Is that look at me scene, like the, the video scene? That was the one that like fucking in surround sound when you really blasting it, that like, really catches you because he just screams it and it's like, oh shit. I just crap my pants and this is a yeah. movie I'm watching for the seventy eighth time. Like, <laughs> holy god, it's terrifying. So I'm on board with both you guys' answers, basically. I'm a Hamill guy just because of like what's in my head is Mark Hamill's voice, and that's kind of the voice that I would write the Joker in. Yeah. And plus, like, you guys just watched the cartoon. I mean, Paul's probably played the Arkham games, but, like, I played all the Arkham games. And, like, yeah, so I've got that much more Hamill voice in my head. So I'm always, like, Hamill. And then if I got to go to a movie one, Heath every time. And I do want to yeah, shout I out got, Jack Nicholson. Like, I, I like got a Jack soft Nicholson. spot yeah, yeah. for Jack Nicholson. Like, I'm, we're going to watch that movie pretty soon, um, I'm pretty sure, because I want to do it like a series. But, like, probably won't hold up as great as you think it does, because it's really mm-hmm. just him playing Jack. <laughs> like, what? Oh, Jack. Yeah. No love for Cesar Romero, guys? No. I do yeah. love Cesar Romero, too. <laughs> I, I watched the shit. I watched the shit out of those show. Batman 66 we were on yeah. every day at lunch, every day after school. I so, bought the Blu-rays, yeah. guys. Like, I own that series. <laughs> I fucking love that show. It's amazingly funny like it, I don't know why. Really now funny. it strikes me hilarious it's just i'm like this is a comedy this is fucking genius comedy is what it is also who julie newmar in that outfit <laughs> i get you i got you yeah all right so we've kind of said all we have to say about the joker you guys want to wrap this up give me your final thoughts uh, sure, sure let's do it me first okay sure I think I'm just going to reiterate the fact that I think this is a like a 70s style character study movie that has pretty confused ideology and rests on a single actor's performance. That single performance is very good. And so I can't completely condemn this movie on a technical standpoint. Like the acting is very good. It looks really pretty, but there's so much flawed with its storytelling that i can't recommend it like i can if i could somehow take out joaquin phoenix's performance and put it in a better movie i would love to but this is the movie that we got so like i'm so frustrated by so many things about this movie that i am going to echo my score for it and give it a four out of ten. Ooh boy yeah those hard hits. I All think right. I, that's how much I disliked it. <laughs> All right, Tim. Uh, I did not hate it quite that much. I think that it, have, being as though as I am watching Arrested Development right now, I think it's like one of the Bluth's model homes. It's a looks nice on the outside, but it's on an unstable foundation. <laughs> it's on a sinkhole, basically, that eventually swallows the whole thing up. Unfortunately, but it looks really nice. It is well produced phoenix's performance is amazing but just i don't know what i was supposed to take out of it and it is not a joker movie so (sighs) six out of ten as a joker movie maybe seven out of ten as a movie about a clown that gets fucked with and takes revenge on the world yeah i can i can okay because that's where i'm kind of sitting right now like as a joker movie this is a fucking magnificent failure to me because this isn't even this isn't the joker like at the end of the day he doesn't become the joker and it's not a joker i recognize from a lot of years of reading the character watching the character blah 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 blah. blah. this has none of the traits of the joker so i'm like as a joker movie this is like this is a yeah five maybe looks real good but like as a non-Joker movie, and you excise all the Wayne shit, like the DC comic yeah. stuff, I'm like, ah, it's probably like a seven. You know what I mean? Good Oscar bait. Paul's right about that. It's definitely like if you get did this without the 
albatross of having the DC banner tied around its neck, like having the Joker character. Yeah. This is definitely Joaquin Phoenix. Like, yeah, I'm walking into an Oscar because he fucking killed it. He's so good. I can see but... why an Italian film festival audience liked this because mm-hmm. one, I don't think Italians read a whole lot of comic books. No. So they're probably not going to have that same familiarity with the character. And two, like, this is very much like, I, I could see this playing well to that, like, Italian art housey kind of audience. I was in, I, part of my notes, what I wrote down was like, I'm like, man, it's really crazy because they made an art house Joker movie, which you would think would be something I'd be into yeah. as, like, an artsy, you know, Joker fan. And, like, I didn't land at all. So I'm like, well, I'm, like, almost the target audience for this. And it didn't work for me. So, yikes. Like, I don't know what to tell you, right? Because also, like, I lean into that edgelord shit. I like Tool, you know? Like, I listen to that kind of stuff. So you'd think some of this would, like, at least ding some kind of familiar belt to me. But I was like, no, none of this worked at all. I just want to go watch The Dark Knight or Taxi Driver. Yeah. Or both. But not so together. But, yeah, not at the same time. <laughs> yeah. They don't need to be in the same universe at all. So I would, I do will say, like, I would like to see Joaquin actually go and do The Joker in a Batman movie. Like, take some of this, not all of it, because not all of it needs to be in a Batman yeah. movie, and, like, learn how to be menacing and, like, be a supervillain. But, like, go do that in a real Batman movie. I think it would work real nice. I think it would be a good movie. I think it would be a good Joker if he was in a movie where he was actually playing the Joker. Yeah. yeah. That's... Yeah, but th- this is not the Joker. It's just not. Yeah. It's just not. Yep. So, geek cred. Uh, geek cred. Let's do geek cred. <laughs> geek cred. Let's start with Tim. My geek cred for this week is season four of The Good Place has started and the show has reinvented itself once again and continues to be one of the smartest shows on television and has a great new asshole aging frat boy character that I love to hate. And so, yeah, if you have not started watching, yeah, if you've not started watching Good Place season four, you should go do so. No, wait for a binge. (laughs) Love that show. God, I'm on board. I love it. So good. Paul. Uh, my geek cred is the new Angel Olsen album, All Mirrors. It is fucking amazing. I would argue that it is her best work, and I am a huge fucking fan of Angel Olsen. Like, I think that she's just consistently refined and grown her craft. Um, she did a really cool thing where she recorded two versions of the album, one completely spare with just her voice and guitar, and one with a full orchestra and synths and that full band. So she wanted to release them both at the same time, but she decided to release just the full orchestrated one first, which I found interesting because she said, like, I really expected to have more of a mix between the two, but this, I think that the songs just grew into such amazing things with the full orchestration. And I fully agree with that because they're fucking spectacular. So Angel Olsen, All Mirrors, go stream it or download it or buy it or whatever because it's really really good queen elizabeth theater november 16th she is so good live i saw her back in the day when it was just her and a guitar and her voice man man yeah i like her you gave me some of her stuff before i enjoyed it so i'll go i'll spin that she was on late night or so uh she was on a late night show and usually those performances sound like shit they sound like shit but her voice still sounded fucking incredible i couldn't believe it so just Angel Olsen this week, geek cred. Go do all of the Angel Olsen things. Cool. So for me, I ended up going home straight from Joker last night and putting The Dark Knight on. So I'm just going to recommend go watch The Dark Knight, whether you've seen Joker or not, because it's still a fucking great movie. And I'm pretty sure everybody on the planet bought that Blu-ray. So you have it somewhere in your house. 
So go watch I haven't marathoned those. Be a good uh, Joker. Those bailed out movies in a while. It needs to happen. Maybe I'll wait until I'm back up in Canada and you and I can do it together. We can do that. Actually, I was thinking about doing a series, so we'll talk about that offline at some point. So I guess that's kind of it for this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been episode 167 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcatching app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify sometimes. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, especially, you know, the movie we talked about, The Joker, um, please hit us up on Facebook at Dance Robot... Well, fuck my life. <laughs> at Facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast at... On Twitter at Dance Robot Dance. <laughs> fuck my life slash... <laughs> Facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance. On Twitter at Fuck My Life. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> On Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Or you can email us at Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to leave all that nonsense <laughs> in. Just because fuck it, whatever. Um, so I've been here with Tim. Say goodnight, buddy. Good night. And Paul. Good night, everyone. Good morning. Good, uh, good whatever. You just got up. So I'm Mark. We will talk to you next week. Question mark? Because Tim's in town and we don't know what we're recording yet, so we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Either way, uh, have a good week, guys. Go watch some Batman shit, I guess. The Joker's not a Batman. No, it's not. Not even really a Joker movie. There you go. There, thank you. (laughs) All right, we're out. (laughs)